Hi, everyone. Tom Rogers here, Director of Teachers Talk Radio. Thanks very much for tuning in and listening to this show. This show is sponsored and supported by Witherslack Group, Collins Big Cat, and by Renaissance. We can't be more excited to be sponsored by these fantastic companies. Please check them out on their websites, which are available through our website at ttradio.org. Live from Liverpool, this is the Saturday Breakfast Show with Tom Rogers and Kate Jones. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Saturday Breakfast Show with me, Tom Rogers. And me, Kate Jones. And me, Kate Jones. And Tom Rogers. We're here for the Saturday Breakfast Show, as usual, from nine o'clock. And we have got some fantastic topics for you coming up this morning. So stay tuned and talk it out live on TTR. Live from Liverpool, this is the Saturday Breakfast Show with Tom Rogers and Kate Jones on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out, with Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Breakfast Show with me, Tom Rogers, and also Kate Jones, who is hopefully with us. Hello, Kate. Hi, morning, mate. You okay? Yes, it sounded like you'd um, drop your phone down a toilet then for a second, so I, I'm sorry I had to mute you. Oh, really? Did it? No, I haven't. I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm all good. That's good. What? A, how are you today? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm really good. Um, I've had a busy week. Um, but I'm excited. We've got lunch plans later, haven't we? So we can't yeah, be good. argue too much today because I really want to go for lunch at this restaurant. Well, I did I did tell you that my ambition before the summer is not to be blocked by you, but I, I'm finding that progressively harder the more these shows go on because we're going to argue a lot. But the thing is, you know, we always unblock each other in the end. So <laughs> we'll, we'll be all right. We'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be all right. It'll be okay. It'll be all right on the night. Um, so yeah, tell us what you've been doing then. Can you tell us anything, or is it yeah. top secret? No, it's it's fine. I could tell you. I've been working with primary schools, and um, that's involved Zoom meetings with head teachers, teachers, spending time um, at an amazing primary school in North Wales in Anglesey, and it's all about retrieval practice, um, about applying applying retrieval practice in a primary school. And I've been interviewing some guests for Teachers Talk Radio, which will be next week and the week after. Well, go on, tell us about those then. Yep, so that they were incredible, so brilliant. Um, and w- uh, one of them was Henry Roy Digger, um, one of the authors of Make It Stick. Um, and the reason we didn't do that show live is just because of the time difference where he is in America and because he's got an incredibly busy schedule. We this months and months ago uh so lots of that that's a great show that's going to be on monday anyone interested not just cognitive science but general teaching and learning uh he's amazing now another uh guest was professor alan badley i have been trying to get in touch with him for years years honestly and i finally managed to get in touch with him and i had a chat with him on zoom and he was just Again, so brilliant, really clever, uh, funny, wise, and that'll be the week after. 
And then I've got other guests. The rest of the guests that will be joining me will be live. I've got interviews coming up with Shirley Clark, Sean Allison, Andy Tharby, Jill Berry. I just feel so lucky. Like this is we're so we are so lucky with Teacher Talk Radio, the guests we've had and that we will have, aren't we? You know. Very true. Very, very true. And the hosts we have. Um yeah, as well. Yeah. So all right, so yeah, just to, just so everyone knows, this is Teachers Talk Radio. If this is your first time listening to us, then welcome. If you're listening back as a podcast, then then uh, thank you. And um, I hope you enjoy this show. Um, we've got lots and lots that we're going to actually discuss this morning. And let's talk about those topics, Kate, that we're going to discuss. Do you want to um, go through them? Yeah, so these are things um, that basically either you've tweeted out or we've discussed and we've thought, right, let's save them for the show. Um, so one of them will be based on one of your tweets where I sort of... They always are, aren't they? <laughs> um, and that was about, yours was about being positive and um, the positive side and not showing the other side of teaching. And then I've sort of said, well, actually, that's really difficult to show the, the well, I think so. Um, the negatives. So it's about um, what we share on social media and should teachers critique their own school? And in terms of what we share, where do we draw the line uh, as professionals or how open do we be? Then we're also going to talk about edu books because there's so many. And we've had this chat before, haven't we? Some do incredibly mm. well and others don't seem to. So I think that'll be quite interesting. Yeah, it is. Looking forward to those two discussions. But before we get on to those two discussions, Kate Jones, we are going to play our special game. Now, this is a challenge for you, uh, which I'm going to give you every week. And it's going to be, well, it could be different. I haven't decided yet anyway. But it's a, it's essentially a 60-second challenge. And this particular challenge, you have to tell me the words behind teaching acronyms <clears throat> and you've got one minute to tell me as many as you can okay now fortunately um because i'm doing this myself i someone else will have to count how many you get right because i i'm going to be busy like going through the things and seeing i think seema's get. here seema is listening and probably so is nathan i think so that's somebody somebody can somebody right. can count this um and basically depending on how many you get we're then going to invite anybody to call into the show and try and challenge you oh, um, during the course of the whole show, doesn't matter when, um, to beat your score on teacher acronyms. Now, are you ready? Are you well, psyched? I only told you 10 minutes before the show that we're doing this. So and I, I will do it, Tom, but I do want to say something. Oh, um, God. I know. I'm, I'm already getting it in there. But the acronyms are different in Wales, England, Scotland. Oh, God. No, She's I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I will, I will do it. But like ALNCO and SENCO. Uh, two different acronyms that have very similar jobs. But anyway, whatever, I'm just putting it out there. But I should be aware <laughs> of all the different acronyms. So, yeah, let's go for it. I'll yeah. try my so best. They, so there you go. If Kate fails miserably, that's because <laughs> I'm Welsh. She has. It's, not, it's not because she doesn't know them. It's because of the country that she's in. Yeah. There's no, so I, I like, I mean, are there any other excuses you want to get in in advance? Uh, no, 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 that's a genuine one, because when I wrote The Teaching Life, which I brought a copy with, I'm going to give it to you later, actually. Oh, when, nice. Yeah, Robin and I wrote it. There was all these different acronyms. There's loads in Scotland that I've never heard of, but I doubt you're using Scottish acronyms. So no. I think no. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Okay, are you ready? 
Yes, I'm ready. Right, let's do it. Oh, God. Can you hear that? Yeah. Drama. Right, well, I'm going to start it again because it feels a bit silly now. Hang on. If Here we I go. don't. Okay. Get ready. PPA. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, protected planning. <laughs> Pass. No, wrong. Uh, Sam. Oh, special educational needs. AST. Uh, advanced skills trainer. Uh, no. CPD. Continuing professional development. HOD. He Head of department. HOF. Head of faculty. SLT. Senior leadership team. VP. Vice principal. AFL. Assessment for learning. LSA. Learning support assistant. TA. Teaching assistant. AQA. Oh, no, as in the uh, assessment. <laughs> oh, I don't know, pass. The exam board, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. ASCL. What? ASCL. Oh, Association of School and College Leaders. Uh, BTEC. Oh, um, oh, pass. I shouldn't have. And, oh, we'll just got one more. And the time's up, but I'm going to allow this one to go if you can get it. Um, okay. Is DBS. Oh yeah, I know. I should um, designated barring service is it? It's... God, I don't even know what that stands for myself. Um... It's it's like a CRB, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But no, I think. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh... I just I you know what PPA that I should know that I use it all the time. I just went planning around. isn't it planning and preparation? I can't remember. God's sake. Anyway, you got, I'll tell you what you got, um, correct. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven you got. What, what does beat, I mean, I should know. That Disclosure and barring. No, 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 um, I got that one. What does the beat? Tech. Uh, don't know. Um, baccalaureate in technical education something. Yeah, I should have known that one. And obviously AQAZ exam board, but I don't know. Yeah, that was a good one. You know, really what I should have done is written down on my screen what they all were. Um, <laughs> I know, so I, then... can't, I can't believe you don't have the answers, Tom. <laughs> so then I could have told you what the correct answers were. Um, yeah. As it is, I'm, I'm just saying, you're saying I don't know, and I'm going, I don't know, which is the level of professionalism. <laughs> that we have here on our show. <laughs> um, excellent. Brilliant. Well, you know what? That that fell on its bum, really. But we, we you know... Oh, uh, Pastoral Pete says, assessment in PPA. I knew Pastoral Pete would know. Thank you, Pastoral so, Pete. what is it? Planning, preparation, assessment time? Um, he's saying assessment in PPA. Oh, yeah. Planning and preparation and, and assessment. Well, there. We need to listen. Didn't I say that? <laughs> And I did, say, uh, I did say disclosure and barring service for, for DBS, so I got that one as well. But anyway, yeah, that was a good quiz. Yeah. Although There she goes. See, I knew she was competitive. She <laughs> acted like she didn't care at the end. And then two no. minutes later, she was like, oh, actually, I think I might have got half a mark more because I said assessment. <laughs> no, I just was thrown at the start and then I got into it. So it was good. Good game. But the one I gave for you, game, it was just more fun. But... That one was more vigorous, so yeah, it was good. 
Yes, rigorous activities. Um, <laughs> now, um, let's move on to our first topic for discussion. Now, mm. I'm going to ask you to read out my tweet, simply yeah. because I can't be bothered. So you can read it out. Um, no, no, it's all right. I wrote it down and I replied to you at the time. And you had lots of responses to this. I could, uh, I probably could go back and find, but I didn't write them down. So this is your tweet. And by the way, you've tweeted about this before. And I've got some questions for you, if you don't mind. So I bet you've written them down, haven't you? Yes, uh, in yeah. my little notepad. So here's your tweet. There's too many teachers on Twitter who only show the positive business corporate side of them and what they do it creates a false impression for most teachers on here of people having a marvelous time making resources bigging each other up seemingly easy times Oof. So it was some... a thread though there was more well that was your that was your initial tweet and then you responded to other people i can get it no now. no no there was a thread it wasn't just the response to other people okay all right okay additional... yeah I mean, oh, right, I've got it here now. I mean, that's better if you want to get Twitter followers and have people tell you how great you are, but it's not necessarily great for the majority who watch as people seem to prosper, whereas the average user sits there thinking, what am I doing wrong? I'm not sitting here saying any single person on here, including myself, shows everything about everything, but there are different degrees, obviously. Also, I guess it depends on how you want to use a platform for who and why. There we go. I think I stand by all of that. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, some of the language is quite, as Tabitha would say, salty. Um, but, <laughs> Sassy, but, yeah. No, she uses salty, which I Salty's like. a good one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But generally speaking, I, I stand by all that, yeah. Right, carry okay. on. Interrogate me. Right. Take so, me to the cell. Go on. So my issue with this is... There's two, so you're saying too many teachers only show, well I've got a few issues with this Tom only, sh- on. only showing the positive side there are things about the negative side of the job that I don't think we should share on social media I don't think as a head of department I should tweet oh I had to have a really difficult conversation with someone in my department today because they're no good I don't think or writing oh I, you know um, my school's policy on this is ridiculous because I've had this in the past, you've had this, I've had this with every school I've worked at, colleagues in that school have followed me on Twitter. So there is a reason for me sharing the positive sides of it. The negative sides, they are private conversations that I have within school. So that was what my first response to you was, that I don't think Twitter is the right platform to say negative things about your school. But my response to that would be my tweet didn't actually say, say negative things about your school or a school you have worked in. Yeah, but you say it only shows the positive side and it creates a false impression. I agree with that. Right. So you say, so you're not saying we should show the negative side. You can show the negative side without naming and shaming or criticizing your current school. You can talk about your your teaching experiences that you've had. You can talk about the way you feel. You can talk about, there's lots of things you can talk about without, uh, without. I still disagree because even if I say something um, about previous school um, or about. But you'd never name, you'd never name a school. But even if I don't, especially what if you say something about the school you're currently working at, you don't need to name it for colleagues to know what you are about. Do you? Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I, uh, that's, you see, this is the thing. It wasn't, that wasn't necessarily what I was getting at. I wasn't saying, right, 
What we need to do is everyone log into Twitter and write a big thread about everything that's rubbish about the current school that you work in or a previous school that you work in. That was not at all what I was suggesting. What I was saying is that sometimes Twitter for me comes across as a glossy corporate sellout environment, um, which is a bit too um, uh, perfect for me. And even though I appreciate that every single person is going to use Twitter how they want to use it and everyone is entitled to use it how they want to use it, um, I also sometimes feel that it is a wall of, of, of gloss and and. All I'm saying is that sometimes I feel that that just it would be better if we had a little bit more realness and a little a little bit more. But what's kind that? Of, what is that realness then? What what should we be putting then that doesn't put ourselves in a difficult position or potentially annoy our employers? Well, I'm not saying I'm not. I mean, to be fair, any tweet you put out could annoy somebody, including your employers and anything that you put out can do that, whatever it is. Um, I think sometimes you I think I think talking about an authentic experience will always carry risks. I don't I've never said that naming a school or talking yeah, I know about, you haven't. I know, or, yeah. Or talking about and and I didn't frame you know, when I tweeted that it wasn't it wasn't in my opinion it wasn't framed in that way. It was more about a general approach to social media that that I think the majority have. But in saying all that, I don't think it. In some ways, I don't think it matters. Um, I just think like if the majority have that 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 approach, then fine. But it also means that, you know, that from my perspective, it can sometimes appear, as I said, you know, a little bit too corporate or glossy. I don't necessarily know what the, I don't know what the answer is to make it less like that. I don't, I don't know what, I don't, I mean, you know, we talked about, we talked about, um, you know, people being a bit more honest about maybe the way they feel. Um, So maybe, you know, oh, I've had a bad day or I tweeted, uh, or, or I taught a really bad lesson or, I just I, I messed up today. Um, I'm not saying go into detail, but you know I messed up. I, all I'm talking about is a little bit more vulnerability, a little bit more fragility instead of the usual. You know, you're amazing. No, 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 no. You're more amazing. No, 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 no. You're more amazing. I love you even more. And yeah. sometimes that can be a bit nauseous and a bit pointless. It can, and I I do get that that element of it. But I mean, I'm just going to respond to a comment from Seema. But if you don't speak up, would the bad ever change? Sometimes it's nice to know you're not on your own and others are feeling the same too. Now, that's my issue. I do think you should speak up, not on social media. If you're going through something bad in your school, talk to somebody in your school, your line manager. Don't vent your frustrations on social media. I think really that's unprofessional. And I'm going to give you an example now where I wanted to vent on social media. Um, And I sort of am doing what I never do because I'll give you the example. Um, The school I worked at, the head, well not head of six, he was head of year 13. He had a thing for six formers to revise. And as you know, that's like what I specialize in, retrieval practice, study. And he called it this room a study prison and I hated it. I absolutely hated that language um, and that name for it. And I did express my concerns directly in an email to him, to the head of six form, to the senior leadership team. And that was all dealt with in school. And I knew and actually, nobody really agreed with me in school. Everyone thought it was funny and they, they've done it for years and no one's complained. Why change? And I knew if I put it on Twitter that I'd have support and validation. 
But actually, what would that do in terms of me in school? It'd just be looked like that I'm slagging off my school on social media. So I just think this isn't the platform to be airing grievances about the job. You know, um, I think we should talk to people, talk to friends, talk to families, talk to the line manager, talk to someone on SLT. But it might make you feel better by venting and ranting. And we, and I know this is sort of moving away from your tweet, but we have seen it, Tom. We have seen people tweet about their line managers and their schools and say really things that I just have felt uncomfortable. I thought, how would I feel if I was a head teacher? And I saw someone writing that on a public platform for anyone to see. So that's what I disagree with, basically. Yeah, I mean, um, Karen's texted in saying, oh, interesting. I went viral and ended up on the news two weeks ago after I tweeted about a fox in school. However, I would never tweet anything bad. Well, Karen, that's terrible. So well done. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think, yeah, I, I, again, you know, I hear where you're coming from. I, I don't agree with uh, talking about a specific situation or example of something that has happened in your school at that time that involves colleagues and and implicates those colleagues in something, right? I don't I don't agree with that. All I'm saying is that if, for example, you have had an authentic experience which does not uh, bring the school into disrepute in any way, doesn't bring colleagues into disrepute in any way and doesn't bring the community into disrepute in any way, and you were to share it on social media, I think we're forgetting about the positive aspects of social media sharing in terms of the impact it can have on others. And I think Seema alluded to that is the fact that if you do share honestly, then maybe other people can feel less alone in their situations. Now, that person sharing doesn't need to go into specifics. But about... what examples, then, are you thinking of? Because Okay. Uh, uh, let me try and think of one. Um, well, because... I gave a good example. I gave a good example earlier of, you know, uh, if it's in the eye, right? Okay, I forgot to mark a load of books the other the other week, um, and you know, I I uh, I should have and I didn't. Or this week, all of my lessons have been appalling, um, because I've woken up on the wrong side of the bed every day. Now. Giving those two examples, they might, might, probably not get you into trouble, as in the person tweeting it, but ultimately they're not going to get anyone else into trouble and they don't reflect on uh, necessarily anybody else other than the person tweeting it. Whereas tweets like that do show a little bit of honesty, a little bit of vulnerability and a little bit of reality. Um, because as I said, I I just feel that reality is sometimes... like is. I mean, obviously, it's social media. So like we've always said, there's always going to be a degree of uh, how far people share. So that that is always going to exist. Every single person has their line in the sand of how far they're going to go in terms of sharing. I think it's just my point was that that line in t and the, the general approach um, on social media amongst the education community, probably because of the, the profession that we're in, is very, very much... Uh, as I said, corporate, glossy, um, positive, you know, everything's, yeah, it just sometimes gets me down. How... We, all, we all know, though. We all know that teaching is challenging and it's not perfect. And But people going on Twitter might not see that. They might see a wall of positivity and gloss and think, oh, yeah. do you know what? Teaching's easy. 
or whatever. Yeah, but do you know do what you know I mean? What? Well, yeah, but the same could be said of Instagram versus reality, you know. But the yeah. thing is, at the end of the day, we're yeah. teachers and we're professionals. And as I've, I still sort of stand by this, and the first school I worked at was not perfect. And I've never tweeted anything. I tweet all the time about it, but I've never tweeted anything bad. And I can go there now and I've got a great relationship. I could even work there again, you know. And I think if you leave a school, you start sort of picking up on bad things and you start tweeting negatively about the profession. It doesn't look professional on social media. That's well, I'm why... in trouble then. Well, yeah, and that's sometimes why, Tom, I've said to you, you know, be careful. And there's things you haven't tweeted for that reason. You've won- And that's like me with the guy with the study prison. I know there's things you would have loved to have tweeted, you know, because we've talked about it and you haven't. And I've sort of agreed with you. I understand why you want to tweet it because these bad things have happened, but you haven't. You've held Yeah, that. but there's nothing, as I said, I'm going to stand by my point. There's nothing wrong with talking about the negatives or the difficulties that people face on the day-to-day in the profession. Um, and, you know, you choose not to do that and I choose to do it. And that's the difference between us. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just different approaches to social media. And I agree with you. I've never said naming. I'm going to say again for the sixth time. I've never said that naming or shaming or talking about a school or an individual school experience is necessarily the right thing to do. What I am saying is that Twitter comes across as a glossy corporate sellout environment. You're saying, well, it has to because of the profession we're in. And I'm saying, I don't know if it does. And I'm saying that I don't think it's necessarily unprofessional to talk about the authentic experiences that you have had as a teacher, whether it be in your current school or previous schools, without naming the school or bringing the school into disrepute. And I think it's possible to do that. It de- I just say it depends. Saying, you know, I'm tired and I'm exhausted, that's mm. obviously that's true of our job and many other jobs and that doesn't bring anyone into disrespect you know, um, sorry, mm. as you were saying. Disrepute. Disrepute. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say disregard. Disrepute. Um, but I just think, I think sometimes the stuff I see on Twitter that I just think it's very easy to forget that we're professionals. That If you have an open account, anyone can see it. Students, parents, governors, employer, future mm. employer, mm. you know, and how we represent the profession. Yeah. We've already seen... Um, it's just been out this week that in England, teacher training figures uh, and applications are down 24%. Now, if you're going on Twitter and and it was the opposite of what you're saying it is, everyone going, I've taught a bad lesson, I've got piles of books to mark, and this, this, and this. Well, if we're not really doing much to celebrate the profession and trying to help with teacher recruitment, are we? And that's my other issue with it. So you're saying that we should try and present the the kind of positive uh, you know, side the DFE the DFE advert kind no, of side of things no. on Twitter so the people positive get side the real good things about teaching I think we should celebrate yeah no but so, I, I've never denied we should do that and I think even I do that even though some guy replied and told me that I never do so thanks to that guy um, but I think that sometimes I will say you know do you know what kids are great this is great this has gone really well you know great all I'm saying is let's have a balance let's have a, I a balance I, here do you think you have the balance though. Do you know what I mean? Clearly, you and I between us don't because I'm saying to you, I don't really write about the negative stuff. And some people's comments on that thread where their perception of you was a bit more negative than positive. So then oh, I agree with that. And I think I've made a conscious choice um, over the years, particularly, particularly as time's gone on. I've made a conscious choice to 
to share more of the, if you like, the authentic things that are going on for people rather than the opposite. And often those authentic things that are going on, because we do have a recruitment and retention crisis and the teaching profession is in crisis in this country, many of the experiences that people have are negative. They are fundamentally negative. So I made a decision that rather than sharing what I feel the majority are sharing, which is, oh, this is fantastic. Oh, this is brilliant. Oh, here's a load of people that I love. Oh, I love you more. No, no, no. I love you even more. Rather than doing that, I made a conscious choice that I'm just going to share more things that are authentic. And I, I actually agree with you in the sense that that does carry a risk. I think if you do that, you, A, can be perceived as being negative, which I know that I am by by some people on social media, fine. Um, and B, I think it can also... Um, uh, uh, how would I say? You're, you're seen as the, you know. I think I think um, it was Adrian who commented saying, you know, you you portray the dark side more than the the light side, and I agree with that. I agree with that, and that's a conscious choice. But the reason that I'm doing that is not to cast doom and gloom over other people, but to give as many people as possible the experience of not feeling alone. In because I the thing is in my part in the past I have felt completely alone in my school experience i felt oh my god i'm the only person in my school who is struggling i'm the only person in my school who can't cope with this culture i'm the only person in my school and nobody else understands now at that time um i wasn't really on socials you know but i feel like if i had have been and i'd have seen someone like me saying the things that i sometimes say i may have looked at that and said oh, I'm not alone then. You know, there are other people. Now, okay, you know, we could argue that as an individual, I can balance out, you know, I can balance my account out more or whatever. But for every, I don't know, nine accounts that you've got where you never see anything about the authentic life of a UK teacher in a full-time situation, in a, in a school that may be toxic, you get one of those tweets for every, I don't know, 49 that is just here's here's this and don't I look great? You know, like that's that's essentially how I see Twitter. It's it's, but I get I get no I get I what g- you're saying. I, also, I get what you're saying. As an yeah. individual, it carries risks, and it is an individual choice and a decision. I know, you know? We, and, we... and it's easier. It's much easier to choose the full on positivity um, guys because no one's ever going to come to you and go, "Oh, that was a bit. That was a bit positive." That was a little bit too positive. That yeah. was a little bit too glossy. No one's ever going to come. Everyone's going to go, oh, she's, or oh, he is so positive. I love her account. I love his account. Oh, they're so positive. And then the person who shares that, that diff, more difficult content, and let's call it difficult because sometimes it can be. And I like, I, 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 you know, I know you gave those extreme examples, which I agree with you or not. I, I don't think I would never go on and go, this person said this and did this in no. my school today. Yeah, let's sh- let's shame them, right? That's not that's not what I'm talking about. Like that's not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand why those people may have done that because they've that because something really bad has happened, and you know, and they they don't feel they've got they they felt for whatever reason that they need to share that on social media. I I get why they've done it. I I don't think it's advisable. But on the other hand, I do think it's much easier to be one side rather than the other that's my point 
Yeah, and I know I know loads of people message you saying thank you and how you've helped them. And that's probably then inspired you <clears throat> to keep going. And when it was online learning, I did put some tweets about how I was struggling mm. and how it was new to me. Yeah. Because I'm not I, I'm not saying that we should pretend that this is a perfect profession at all. You know, I just think to be very mindful of the anything sort of negative or critical just to be and actually I've never seen you do this but I've seen other people I have seen other people easy when you've got an anonymous account well I probably have done it but go on no I don't I I don't think so because we've had so many conversations about this where you've written a tweet and you you know you and I have both done this we've sent it to each other going what do you think and actually that's a really good idea like if you're thinking that a tweet could be one that could get you in a bit of trouble or a bit risky. The way we share it with each other, mm. and, and we we're really honest with each other. We say, you know, and I've said to you, mate. Yeah, and your, yours is like, um, Tom. Should I share a hundred strategies for improving practice <laughs> or ninety nine? No. Do you think that ninety nine would be more appropriate? No. And I'm like, yeah. And then I send you one back saying, Kate, should I say that I hate my <laughs> no no everyone <laughs> you're like no don't no say that. don't get me wrong there's times i would have loved to tweeted some things and get my frustrations and anger out there but i didn't and i held back and i've, <laughs> I've kept relationships intact you blocked me I, instead <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know but um no i i know it's a weird one because we disagree but i sort of agree with you because you are right the profession, you know, is really challenging. We want people to be aware of the challenges that come with it. But we also want people to know that this is a wonderful, wonderful job. You know, and if if really you someone was going from school to school to school and still hating the experience, mm. teaching isn't for everyone. You know, I do think you should persevere and move to another school if you're not happy. But then if you're still you know, these things are outweighing and are having a really negative impact on your physical and mental health. Yeah. There are other jobs out there, you know. Um, uh, there so- are, but I mean, there are, but I, I, I think we're, we're... The thing is, though, you have to understand that, that from my perspective, that there are teachers who, um, in, in the right environment, that, that their mental health or their you know, their physical health or whatever would never even come into it because they'd be thriving. And and the thing is, it's there's too many environments that are just, we have normalized a culture that is um, unsustainable. And, and by, and, you know, okay, I get, you know, you look at the statistics and they were released last week, weren't they, about the, you know, the problems with, I think I retweeted it actually, the, the um, there was a graph showing that the number of, people coming into the profession had gone it was going down again and stuff but i i don't you see this is the thing i don't think the answer to that is to hide the bad things that are happening on social media and the authentic experience of teachers i think the opposite is best and the reason why i'll tell you is this is yes it may come across as negative yes people may look at it and say oh that's awful i don't i don't want to but then also there'll be the, the, the maybe that point where people go, you know what, we've got to change things. Because if we don't change things from this authentic reality, then those numbers are going to carry on going down. Now, we can debate whether social media is the right avenue to do that. You've said speak to colleagues, you've said whatever. But 
on a public platform, on a public forum, to try to build up a little bit of awareness of situations, there's probably nothing better than social media to do that, to try and build that awareness of the problems and the challenges that actual classroom teachers in full-time situations in the UK are facing. Because fundamentally, it is a, it is a situation that most teachers in Europe, I don't feel, are facing. We have an incredible, unsustainable, workload-driven, pressure-driven cesspit environment for too many teachers oh, and we're not talking no, like tom no like i think you're really battering the profession now that's so unfair there's so many schools who have really considered workload there's been the reasons why it's tough for many teachers and leaders has been stuff with a pandemic you know the, the your that's your opinion on the profession you know and I, well, it's not an opinion on the profession it is what it's, you've just said like no it's opinion, i don't it's, i don't agree with that at all i think that's so harsh and i think that's quite sad that that's how you see it, it, it i don't see what though See the fact that there are two. My statement was there are too many schools in the UK where the workload is unsustainable, where it is an incredible high pressure environment, and too many teachers in those schools are quitting. Well, why is that? Why is that? Why is that a slant on the? No, you said worse things than that, but that's what made me react. But I know that there are schools that are making a conscious effort, especially with feedback and marking. So do I. To support teacher workload. So what you I never just, said there wasn't. Well, you just made out that there's that all these schools are workload driven, high pressure. Well, actually, no, that's not true of all schools. Some schools, maybe, yeah, absolutely. But there are loads. A lot of, of schools. A well, lot ha- of schools. Ha- how do you know this? A lot of schools because then? of the rec- because of because of the retention figures, because of surveys by NASUWT, uh, by by the NEU, by all these different unions. Yeah, but the there's other issues. At, there's other issues. The payment. Looking at how many teachers are considering quitting in the next five yeah, years. Yeah, but another issue has been about the payment. Um, and yeah, have a, yeah, but that's not know. what they said. When they surveyed them, they've specifically said it's the workload and accountability that is the reason that they want to leave. And that's why I think three-fifths of teachers say they're going to leave in the next five years or in the next couple of years, actually. It may be even lower than that. And, and I'm not saying that there aren't problems in the profession, but, you know, well, we have been through a pandemic and it has been awful and workload has been an issue for many, many years. I think it's been an issue throughout my whole career. But having said that, there are so many great things about teaching. It's one of the most rewarding jobs that you can do. It's improved in so many ways how we've become evidence-driven. We've stopped the tick box approaches. And I don't know, I just it makes me really sad to sort of hear that. And I think if I was a new teacher, yes, I wouldn't want to go in with my eyes closed and naive and not aware of the challenges. But I would look at these tweets and go, why is this per- like why is this person even a teacher? They clearly don't like it because that's the impression I'm getting. They just moan about the job all the time. Why aren't they doing something else? Um, well, because, uh, you know, my argument to that would be is that a lot of those teachers aren't moaning about the job itself. They're moaning about the environment and the, the situation and the context that they're Which, working leave, in. Leave the environment then, you know, leave, get another job. Well, it's not as simple as that for some people. They can't leave the environment. They have a mortgage, they have a family, they're tied to the area and it's not No, but what I'm saying is if you're making out that it's that bad, and I'm on about you now, if you're making out that all these things are so bad, so why are you still so you know, why did you set up Teacher Talk Radio? Why are you still so passionate about teaching? Because I love teaching. Well, exactly. 
You may. Okay, you love teaching. But I've never said I don't. Yeah, but you give the impression sometimes to people. Well, that's your that's your interpretation. Because, no, people are saying to you that you're negative and you're saying, I've made the decision to put negative tweets out there. And now well, you're just negative. saying, I, think, I, I no, love... I said authentic. I, th- I said, okay, I made authentic. a decision to share the authentic reality of the majority, or not the majority, but a big chunk of a significant chunk but you've just said you of love the workforce teaching. in Britain. I do. I love being in the classroom. I love teaching children. Do I love do Why I love don't the you way, focus on that? Do then? I love the way the profession is in, in Britain? No, I don't. The profession in Britain is that, that there are too many teachers leaving. There are too many teachers working in toxic school environments. There are too many teachers experiencing terrible things every single day. There are too many teachers um who want to leave who shouldn't want to leave because they're fantastic teachers and they love the kids and they love working in their environments there's too many teachers like that if we ignore that and brush that under the carpet because it's too negative or it's too we don't don't want to hear it (laughs) it's too difficult then no but i'm just saying you don't give the impression that you love teaching for what you've said today up until that point you've really battered it and you are right we and I, by the way, I don't think just leave if you're not happy. It, it of course, mortgage, family. What are you going to do? Of course, that's... or move schools. I mean, you could move. But, schools, but what but I'm have... saying is, all these things you've said about workload pressures, blah blah blah. You haven't said anything positive about the teaching profession. And then I've said, do you even like teaching? Because you don't sound like you like the profession. And then you've gone, yeah, I love it. Well, it doesn't make like they don't sound the same thing. It doesn't but sound. It, but it would be easy love... for me. The lo- that you love teaching it sounds sometimes like this morning what you've said it sounds the opposite well no no i disagree with you i've, I've made very said, clear you haven't said that... any good things about the job though you've well, just said... we're not talking about the good things about the job well we're you're saying about... you don't like seeing all the positive sides you're saying there's no. too much positivity yes 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 there's too many there's too much of on social media that is just a wall of gloss and positivity yes but you I just agree. said you love teaching. That. You love. I love teaching. being. I love being in the classroom, and I love teaching the children. Yes. Well, do I posi- love? Positive. Do I love the education system and the way that it is in Britain? No. There are some elements of it I hate, and I will stand by that. I hate to see so many teachers suffering and leaving. I hate it. Me and too. The way, Who doesn't? The way, the way that I feel that we can challenge that and deal with that is by being as authentic as possible, sharing the experiences of genuine classroom teachers in this country. If we want to deny that there is a crisis, it's easy to do. We can do. And we can just keep doing what we're doing. And we can keep cracking on. We can tweet our DFE adverts out. We can do whatever we want, right? But at the end of the day, if we deny the authentic experience of a big, big chunk of teachers in the country who feel completely disenfranchised, who feel like they can't get out of the situation they're in, who feel under immense pressure, then that is negative. I'm um, not arguing that there is a there's a recruitment and a retention crisis. There really is, and there are issues within the profession. But we have also got to focus and celebrate on the good, have more of the good, so that obviously we're retaining teachers, we're recruiting teachers, teacher yeah. bashing, school bashing on social media. I don't think we'll solve that. I don't think it will help it. Um, I actually curate my timeline and I, I don't mute you um, and I don't find you. I do think that, you know, I've, today I think you've sort of, in defense of your tweet, I've said some things about teaching and profession in general that 
I would describe as negative, but I don't describe you as a negative person or your Twitter account. But if there was a Twitter account that focused really on the negative, I'd probably mute it because I know how tough the teaching role is. I've been in it for years. I've got my own challenges. When I go on social media, you know, I want to learn. I want to network. I just, I, that, and this is me. And you did say this in your second. It depends what you're there for on social media, what your purpose is. Yeah. But I just, I do think we just need to be very careful. I think I understand why there's more positives than negatives shared on social media because we're professionals, because we have to be careful. We don't want to put our jobs at risk or hurt or offend others. And then the other aspect is we do need to lift up and champion the profession. Whilst also, I agree with you, not just put our heads in the sand and bury the big issues that are there. We do need to talk about them. We do need to tackle them. But, I mean, there's so many great schools who are trying to tackle workload. Look at what they've done with feedback and marketing in the last few years. You don't see any schools, or rarely any schools, triple marking and so on. You know, teacher assessed grades was a huge workload issue, huge. I hated it, you know, but that was in a unique context. Hopefully that won't happen again. I just think, I know you love teaching. That's why I sort of said that to you, because I was like, you sound here like you don't like the profession, and you do. But I think you're painting that as I don't... I mean, you're saying you sound like you don't like the profession. This morning, yeah, this morning. This morning, I feel like you've just said, oh, it's this, 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 and this, as if it's like a horrible job to do, as if, you know, it's a mess. And and you didn't say about any of the things until I said to you... No, I said, and I'm going to clarify again. I said, that, and, and you can listen back to this to hear what I said, I said very clearly that the profession in this country, in Britain, in the UK, is there are too many teachers in the UK, and we're talking about a big chunk of teachers, working in environments that are not sustainable for them, that, are, that can be toxic, right. where the workload can be unsustainable, where they feel very, very alone. Those teachers will go onto social media and see a wall of corporate gloss. Now... That you may think that that's better for people to come into the profession because they'll see the corporate gloss and they'll say, "Oh, isn't this profession perfect?" I don't Let's know go what in. corporate gloss is. I don't know what you mean. Well, I'm saying this this wall of positivity. This this well, you don't want. You're saying you don't want to hear. You don't want. You've just said that you don't want to go on social media. I don't want to see someone see. constantly moaning about right. teaching. But, but if there's right, but if as I said to you, out of all the accounts on Twitter, there's not many I can think of that are doing that. Um, there are mostly positive accounts that share resources and ideas. And, and that's and fantastic. Selfies. That's why I'm there. The resources, exactly. Brilliant. the ideas. Brilliant. But, for, but that's you. For, for, for those people who Why feel are you there then? Things, why are you on I've Twitter? I've already explained that. What, you're, on, that. you're on Twitter to, to what? To, to vent about the problems with the profession? No, I think I, think I, I explained that. I said that as time has gone on, on my Twitter account, I've realised that I can hopefully make less teachers feel alone in the context and the situations that they are themselves experiencing. And, and the way that I feel, and I'm not asking anyone, including you, to agree with this, but the way I feel I can do that is by sharing their authentic experience that they are having within their environments to hopefully make them feel less alone. And yes, often those experiences, because of the crisis that we're in, and you've acknowledged there is a crisis, often those experiences can be, in inverted commas, negative. Yeah, but I just think, you know, I don't know. It just makes me a little bit sad, actually. Well, it makes me sad. 
yeah it makes me sad that there's, seen... there's people who who won't share the authentic experiences of teachers because that makes me sad as well that, that people will lie yeah and and there's there are risks and you know and that's absolutely fine but i think you can look at this both sides i could sit here and say it makes me sad that there is uh, that that too many teachers feel alone and that their authentic negative experience within their context isn't being represented on a national level or a social media level or any level and actually they're seeing something that is that we have unions i mean come on like oh, what come on, okay. the union the well, unions... no i'm saying you think so you think if you've got a problem you think twitter's the space to sort it yeah no i never said i don't i don't know i've never said you can sort a problem using social media so I why don't... why share it on social media i get your argument you said i share the authentic things to help other people feel better and not alone is that so that's your reasoning yeah yeah, and I think, yeah, I do. And I think mentally, I think it, it can help individuals. I'm not saying it solves national problems. I mean, sometimes I think it can. I mean, when I think about the pressure that, that bloggers and people like that put on to make changes in Ofsted, for example, um, and to make changes in marketing, and you mentioned it, marketing and feedback, I think social media can actually play a, a role in in making change. I do by flagging up and by awareness of different issues. And I think that, that that's a key point uh, is this idea of awareness. I right. think I'm just going to read some comments because some people don't seem to quite get it. And perhaps, or maybe they just agree with me. <laughs> no, some people do. Some people agree with you. Um, and I agree with the comments. Some, some schools are not good environment. So I totally agree with that. Um, I just seem as comments I don't agree with at all because, and maybe because seem is not a teacher, maybe it works different in a different profession. Um, because she said, if you discuss it with your school, it's bush under the carpet, you feel like you're alone. Okay, that does happen, but this is my point. Talk to somebody, talk to a friend, a line manager, a union. The point we're coming back to is Twitter. And so this is, you know, this is why, sorry, but I just doesn't, don't think Seema gets it. And that's that's what I'm saying. She's saying, well, you have to talk about these issues to solve it. If you've got an issue in your school that you're unhappy with, Twitter but will also fix Holly, it. But also Holly Twitter... texted in and said, some things need to be said out loud. If we ignore the issues, then nothing will change. Of course, I do agree with that. I do. But saying it out loud, we're talking about Twitter, this debate is. Saying it out loud on Twitter isn't going to fix the problem in your school. It will well, probably it's... make it worse, won't it? Do you agree with that? Do you really honestly think if you've got a problem in your school that you're unhappy with, that you tweet about it, that it will fix that problem? Uh, no, 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 I don't. And I've said that my purpose on social media isn't that. I've said that very clearly. No, I know you haven't. But what I'm saying to these comments, that's why I'm saying they don't get it because they're saying, oh, well, put it on social media and it'll fix your problem. No, it won't. Fix your problem internally. Talk to somebody about it. And if you can't, then... I'm, I'm just saying, and that is really tough. I've been in situations where I haven't been able to fix it. And I left that school because the treatment, I stayed a long time. I raised my concerns with senior leadership. I spoke to you about it as a trusted friend. You know, I never once aired it on Twitter. 
and I'm really glad I didn't. Would it have Would it have helped you feel less alone if if somebody else had shared something? But I didn't feel alone because other colleagues felt that way. And you know what? It it would have maybe helped me with other people going, "Oh, I can't believe you're putting up with that," and you're so right. And as I said, it would have give me this support yeah, and vindication. But, we... but in the long run, it wouldn't have fixed the issue in my school. I still would have left. And actually, how would that look at me? moaning about my school on social media yeah but we I think we've said this that that I I've never said that moaning or or bringing your own school into disrepute on social media is a good idea and I've never ever done that myself so you know I've said that two or three four you've times wanted now. To, yeah yeah I know well, you've I wanted to I've uh, me, times I, there's been times me I've wanted too. To but that's, that, that, I never that, have so I've not, wanted to, and that's what I'm, that is my original point, and that's why some of the comments I'm reading them, I'm just like, no, they don't get it. My original point was that the reason there's more positivity than the corporate side, the glossy side, is because we are professionals and we're mindful, and there's professional ways of dealing with things. Do you think it's unprofessional to share authentic experiences? No, of Tom, the don't that you're twist in? my words. I think it's unprofessional to badmouth your colleagues in school. And even if you don't name your school, I think that is unprofessional to talk badly about your colleagues or the school that you worked at or you've worked at previously. But Authentic experiences, I'm tired. I've got a lot of marking. I'm struggling with online learning. That is different. That so what is about completely if you don't, different. What about if you don't name? And I'm shocked Seema said that because she works in HR. Do you know what I mean? Like you'd think HR have to have these conversations with people. Um, my HR in ones, they, you know, it's part of like teacher standards about, uh, and I do think you can give authentic experiences, like you're saying about workload. I do see teachers saying, oh no, I've got a lot of marking to do. I've got my mocks to do. I don't think they're unprofessional. And I do think there are authentic tweets and I don't consider them to be negative people. My only issue going back to the start, and this is why some people don't get it, is but that's your yeah. opinion they don't get it you no they don't they, they don't no I, it's my opinion they don't they, get what i'm saying yeah yeah they don't get your they side don't of the they've argument. they've not they don't i think told, they do i get you i think I'd, they do i, I think, get your side of the argument i know what you're saying and why you're saying it i get it i 100% get it i just disagree with it as an as as a i i what do i disagree with I disagree with saying that it's unprofessional to talk about the authentic experiences that teachers have or for them to talk about their own authentic experiences without naming their school or naming their colleagues or naming very, very specific details about cases within their school. I think without doing those things, you can still talk very, very authentically about the problems and the issues and the difficulties that you have in a professional way. And I don't think that in, that puts the profession into disrepute or paints the profession in negative light. I think it's important that we paint a genuine, authentic picture of the I issues do. and problems but in the gen- profession. But not all, it's not all issues and problems. There are great, great things about this I've never this said job. there aren't. I've never you, said there aren't. But, but you, you know, when have I said there aren't? You tweet saying there's too much of this positive stuff. Yes. But, but there's that positive stuff is genuine. You've made out that it's fake and glossy. There are people who genuinely love their job. No, I don't. I don't, I don't well, if I have made that out, I'm sorry because I didn't. That's I didn't how it sounds. To... There's too okay. many teachers well, on Twitter I, I... only showing the positive yeah. corporate side. I agree but, with that. It doesn't mean if... it's fake, though. I mean, it doesn't but mean what it's if fake. That is they may that, genuinely... that is yeah. their experience. Not Some everybody. Them... Not Some everybody of them may be having that, but but ultimately, if not. Every school is a toxic school. 
if you were to go on Twitter and to get a, to take a straw poll of tweets and to judge them positive or negative, what percentage do you think would come up as positive? I would guess it would be, or, or neutral or positive, if you like, you know, like here's a resource or here's this. And then you might have some that are like, oh, fantastic week, brilliant week. Oh, it was an honor to do this. Oh, I'm delighted I've done this. Oh, this is fantastic. This is, these are brilliant. Here's some pictures of the school, whatever. If you were to do a straw poll on that, I reckon it'd be like 90% of tweets for that and 10% would not. So I'm saying if you think that that is a, a fair, genuine reflection on how people are feeling within the profession, based on the recruitment and retention stats, that can't be true because there's too many people leaving and there's too many people yeah, struggling look, and there's okay. too many people wanting We're to We're going leave. around in circles. I think this is honestly not right. Let's have a closing argument, both of us. <laughs> I, no. love how you, I love how you formalise no, it. Because... <laughs> Honestly, it's we're not going anywhere. Khalil's right about anonymous accounts um, and saying, you know, when you're anonymous, obviously you've got that freedom to say things that the rest of us probably are, are thinking. But we've got to think about our, you know, our, our, the fact that we are professionals. And, and I'm just reading some of these comments. And, yeah, lots of people have been pulled up on social media for saying things as well. Nathan commented about that as well. And that... It is an, an issue as well, absolutely. So I know you, you're not a negative person, although I would like to see you. You've just said you love teaching. You've done loads for the profession, Teachers Talk Radio, EduDate, Teach Me Icons, which you've got today. I know that you love the profession, and I know that you have worked in toxic schools. Not everybody has had that experience. And if you love the profession, I definitely think that you should balance it out more and talk about the pros because otherwise you're going to get, you know, writing about the negativity, what you call authentic, can, a good experience could be an authentic experience too. You've associated, to me, my impression is that you associate authentic with all the bad stuff we're teaching. Now I'm saying teachers can, of course, tweet whatever they want. It's their account. And I see tweets all the time about piles of marking, feeling tired and I don't think that's unprofessional what I think is unprofessional is people complaining about their school their colleagues even if they don't name them I still think that is unprofessional and I don't think social media is the right platform to air your grievances about a school for new teachers coming to the profession I think they should have their eyes open to the challenges but they have an enthusiasm that I don't think we should stamp out and make it out to be doom and gloom when that's not true. Okay. Uh, I think that we, and, you know, my original tweet was about it, my interpretation that there was too much, um, that there wasn't enough. Uh, it was too much of a wall of positivity on Twitter. But that was my original point. And I, I stand by that. I think that, I don't, I don't think that I, I think there are very good schools. I think there are very good teachers. Yeah. I think that some teachers who are having very tough experiences love teaching. Uh, I, but I also think that they need to have a voice and they need that, that what they say needs to be listened to and accepted and elevated. And despite it being difficult or being, um, so, you know, in inverted commas, negative. It needs that those those comments of the actual ordinary classroom teachers working full timetables who are suffering and struggling need to be elevated, whether they're negative or positive. Whatever their experience is, needs to be there. It needs to be visible. It needs to be um, needs to be accepted 
and as part of what the profession currently is. Now, when we talk about the profession, I would separate teaching and the profession. Teaching is what happens in the classroom. It's what happens when you're with 30 students. It's what happens when you teach your subject. It's what happens when the classroom door is closed and you get on with that. I love teaching. Teaching's great. And I, I think you would struggle to find many teachers in the profession who would turn around and say, I hate teaching. Mm-hmm. What you might find is, and that's where we that's where I separate teaching and the profession to so say the profession in the UK uh, is damaged. And that can be seen through the recruitment and retention statistics. It can be seen through the authentic experience of experiences of many teachers who who don't feel they can say it, who don't feel they can put it on social media or even talk to people about it actually in general. Um, and I think that the way to solve that isn't by saying, let's talk about it less. I think the way to solve that is by saying, let's talk about it more. But I do take some of your points on board and I do but I'm not saying I'm not saying talk about it less. I'm saying talk about it in the right environment. I'm saying Mm. I'm talking about... I'm not but we saying, can disagree on that. We can agree no, to disagree I, on that. I do. I don't think teachers should be silent. I haven't been. I email SLT and I tell my line manager, I'm talking about using Twitter to, and that's a very big difference. I definitely don't think teachers should be silent. But I think what we agree on is that is that naming the school. Yes, we we naming, always have. We knew that. Yeah, we knew naming that. Naming people or the school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could do that. If Some you do. That, Some yeah, do. You, you can do that. And you know what? Like I like I said before, I understand why people in the moment think that that's the only thing they can do to kind of get justice, if you want to say say it like that. But it's not the way, in my opinion. It's 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 not advisable to do that. I understand why people do it. But it's not it's not how I would go about it. I've never named a school or an individual. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but but equally, you know, I think it's there's a scale, isn't there? There's a sliding scale from naming individuals. Well, this happened recently. A teacher got suspended um, because they wrote a tweet on social media. Now, they didn't name their school. But they speak at a lot of events and it was just well known the school that they work at. And it, this teacher had a bit of a thread moaning about her SLT, you know. And whilst she did name the school, her colleagues at that school follow her on Twitter and other people knew the school that she worked at. Um, and then she got in trouble with the head teacher. Now, that's the type of thing that I'm referring to. You know, that that there are risks. Like I said, I think whatever you decide to do, there are risks. And um, those I mean, so, you know, the the problem is some people and some organizations don't want the reality to come out of what's going on. They don't want someone to whistleblow. They don't want someone to say this is what's happening. And therefore, those teachers may be um, punished for that and disciplined. And, the, and there may be consequences for them. Does it mean what they've done is wrong, in inverted commas? Maybe, maybe not. Because if they're whistleblowing on a reality that is facing many of the teachers in that organisation or leaders in that organisation or whoever it is, then, you know, I suppose they could argue that they're taking one for the team, if you like. They might get fired for it. And maybe they've thought about that and thought, well, you know what, I'm prepared to... to to do that or I'm prepared to say that and face the consequences. It's not necessarily the right thing. It's not what they necessarily want to do, but they kind of make a choice and say, you know, I'm going to do it. Um, so 
Goodness me, we've that's an hour, Jones. No, it's like that's why, five minutes. No, that's why I was like, we need to wrap this up because can we be friends again? I'm friends with you. I I think I'm more for, not frustrated with you, Tom. I'm frustrated with some of the comments, if I'm honest, because I feel like people have either misunderstood or twisted. And I think I don't that, know. I mean, they've said. I mean, I, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, Frey is a teacher, and she said, you know, she agrees with both of us. Khalil's made some really good points. Um, Holly's made, you know, there's all these good points, but I just feel like we need to come back to the beginning. And it was about your tweet and it was about me saying about social media. That's when I was going, they don't get it. And I was like, and it is difficult if you join a radio show, perhaps halfway through and you've missed the context. Um, and I, when you wrote that, you know, I publicly said this to you and you replied to me and it's absolutely fine. You know, I, I don't think you've ever... You know, we both are against school shaming, name shaming. There's two sides to every story, remember, as well. You know, but I just think my key message is about Twitter. And 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 like what you said, depends what you use it for. But I think some of the comments, I mean, look at Seema's comment. It's, it's, uh, it's Seema's comments, it is. Seema's not a teacher. Seema works in HR. Yeah, but I, I don't have a problem. Let's just read what she said so then people can judge for themselves. Um, if you discuss it with your school. No, 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 I'm going to read them. If you, right, if you discuss okay. it with your school. I'll get my boyfriend to pipe in, shall I? Yeah. <laughs> if you discuss it with your school and it's brushed under the carpet or say, this is what we've always done and it works. What do you do at that point? you would feel like you're alone. Okay, the next comment. If it's a specific problem against a particular person, I wouldn't put it on social media. Yeah. But if it's a general problem, i.e. marking, I would raise it on social media Why? to see if it's just me. Um, now, I don't see any issue with no, those I two don't, comments. But it, I know, I, Seema hasn't asked me to make the comment, Kate, but yes, there are. No, <laughs> but I, I just don't. No, you said you didn't like a comment, so I, I don't. read them out. Well, no, that's, no, so that's absolutely fine. I, I read them out as well. And I just, so if you're not happy with marketing in your school, solve, social media is not going to fix that for you. And I'm surprised Seema thinks that. No, but it, she's not saying, I don't, I don't, she can only speak. You can herself, ask for that. Well, I don't think it's. I don't think she's saying that it wouldn't. It wouldn't solve it. She's of saying. Of course, it wouldn't. There's no. No. Of course, asking to, a question. She says to, to see if it's just me. That's not about solving. Okay. It. That's okay. That's see. fine. That's not even what we're talking about, though. I don't think I ask questions all the time on social media, so that's not. That's moved away from what we're talking about, and that's what I'm saying is about. We weren't talking about asking questions. Well, I ask we weren't questions. talking about shaming schools or naming schools either. No, I've never mentioned names. I never school. said. I never said you did that. I said even if no, you don't no, I'm name... not saying you said I did that, but that's where the conversation went. So no, but I've never said you did that. I've said that even if you don't name your school, your colleagues mm. know which school you're on about. No, I know. And, I know and other people in the community do. Yeah, you I know? know that. I know that. Right, let's go to the news. We will be back to talk about books, um, and good ones that sell tons, and other ones that are also good that don't sell tons. We'll be back imminently. Live from Liverpool, this is the Saturday Breakfast Show with Tom Rogers and Kate Jones. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care.
They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full, free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Evening Standard reports on comments made by the Duke of Westminster in an article featured on the paper's website. The article focuses on the government's pledge to provide £79 million to help improve mental health support for children and young people in England. The pledge, made 12 months ago, would help grow the number of mental health support teams in schools from 59 to 400 by April 2023. In the article, the Duke highlights data provided by children's mental health charity Place to Be and the National Association of Head Teachers, which shows that between April and October of last year, over 400,000 under-18s were referred for specialist mental health care in England, a 70% increase in the same period in the pre-pandemic 2019. Isolation, the breakdown of formal and informal support, Periods of lost education and the social and academic pressures of returning to school have all taken their toll. The Duke focuses on the importance of early intervention and argues the case for funding to be developed here to prevent a further increase in young people requiring crisis-based specialist treatment. The article is featured as part of coverage of Children's Mental Health Week 
and includes references to research by Oxford University's Department of Psychology, which suggests that children from low-income families or those with special educational needs may have experienced greater mental health problems than others and are likely to recover at a slower rate than other groups. The article concludes by reiterating the need for early intervention and a call to ensure that young people have their voices heard. With Valentine's Day approaching, pupils in Jersey have been visiting elderly members of the community to spread some joy. Operation Valentine is an annual event run by students from one of the island schools. The event, which includes a Valentine's meal, has been held for more than 30 years. This year, due to the COVID restrictions, the meal cannot be hosted, but instead they're delivering Valentine's afternoon tea hampers to local care homes. 160 hampers were delivered on Friday and the day is regarded as very special as this small gift has a huge impact. In Northern Ireland, rugby legend Rory Best has launched a sports project aimed at making sport more accessible for young people with disabilities. Best is an ambassador for Sported, a UK-wide charity that supports grassroots sports groups. The charity will support four groups in Northern Ireland in becoming more accessible for disabled young people. Sported's aim for its Include project is to see more young people with disabilities participate in sports and, as a result, have increased self-confidence and improved physical and mental health. Best said he was honoured to support the launch of this wonderful project. A press release on the European Union's official website outlines the EU-Africa Global Gateway Investment Package, which will focus on education, skills and technical vocational training. The release focuses on how EU funding will support joint action on improving the quality of teaching in participating countries, empowering girls and vulnerable groups through education, developing skills and vocational education, and improving youth exchanges in Africa and between Africa and Europe. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, it's Safer Internet Week with the official day being on Tuesday the 8th of February. This year, the UK Safer Internet Centre is questioning whether gaming online is all fun and games. They ask young people to explore respect and relationships in online gaming. A lot of schools may be having drop down days and you may be expected to deliver an online safety lesson. This is great, but are you confident in your knowledge? There's nothing worse than having to teach a lesson out of your comfort zone, especially when you're discussing a topic where the learners may know more than the teacher. Saferinternet.org.uk, the brains behind Safer Internet Day, have come to the rescue with a series of films under the heading of Virtual Assemblies on their website. Starting with a story about in-app purchases getting out of hand for 3-7 to year olds, and then for 7-11 to and 11-18s to having a discussion on online behaviour and respect. This resource is informative and will allow those of us that are less confident to play the film and facilitate a discussion. As always, if you're going to use an online resource, make sure you've watched it first to make sure it's appropriate for your pupils. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. And we are back on Teachers Talk Radio with our wonderful co-host, Kate Jones. Kate. Oh, I think I've... Oh, there we go. I, I, I'm here. I'm still here. 
Excellent. Good news. Well, we are moving on to our second topic, which is edgy books. Yeah. Uh, set flops and... Well, I don't know what the opposite of a flop is. Well, just being like really successful. And we talked about, we don't actually know the measurements of this. So should we talk about what we deem a success to be? And yeah, a, yeah go know, for it. You're, you're good at this. Go on. You well, well, obviously the publishers know they have the figures, don't they? But then yeah. you, you and I talked about that. Some books are clearly phenomenally sex- successful, like... Tom Sherrington walkthroughs sold over 100,000 copies. Um, John Hattie, Visible Learning, sold over a million copies worldwide. So obviously sales figures are a significant factor and perhaps as well where they're sold. Like I've said, Hattie's around the world. Like you go to America, UK, Australia, Middle East, Asia, he's really well known. Then there's also the Amazon charts and how you know, books are positioned and how long they stay there. There's also Amazon reviews. Um, And I did a bit of research. I went looking through Amazon reviews. And um, I tell you what's obviously, there's a few really popular ones. The ones that are dominating are Tom Sherrington's teacher walkthroughs. And that's had 1,204 Amazon reviews. Tom Sherrington, Rosa Shy, 1,269. Paul Dix, When the Adults Change, has had 1,700 reviews. So I think they're clear indicators, the fact that they're always sort of at the top top, top spot. They've always got uh, lots of reviews. And you see them a lot on social media. And I've noticed when I've been visiting schools that I see these books there as well. Then there's other books that you don't see as widely they don't appear as high in the charts. There's some that have been out for a few years and they've got about six or seven Amazon reviews. And, you know, some, and actually this links in with what you said before about the gloss about Twitter because somebody did tweet today, oh, this book is another game changer. And I don't mind saying this because I know this person. He says that about every single book, you know? <laughs> so not every single book can be a game changer though, can it? But that's that's fine. Um, so that's our question. Why are some books so successful and others not so much? What do you think? Well, I think that's a good introduction to it. Um, I don't know. This is what it is, you see, and we've had this discussion before. I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know why certain books... I do think there are, if you like... Um, I think sometimes there are there are certain elements or... I, my dad used to call them waves, OK, like like when he was he said, oh, the next wave is this. OK. And if you can pick up that next wave, that next trend, that next that next thing, big thing that that works for teachers and you and you can really capture that in text, then and, and with your title and with your I think the title is important, I think, with your title and, and 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 everything else, then I think you can you can have a successful, successful book. I also think it's how you term success, because everyone's going to have a different version of success, both in terms of how many books, uh, how many book sales would classify as success and both in terms of the content of the book itself and the reviews of the book and so on and so forth. So I think there's different, there's different markers for success. Some people may deem success, but yeah, we are talking about best selling books. We are talking about books that sell more and books that sell less and what, what defines them? Because one thing I would say is it's not necessarily to do with how well a book is written as to as to why. I think it's about the content. I think it's about the title. I think it's about the topic. And I think it's about the uniqueness 
rather than necessarily how great a writer that person is, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I can obviously, I as an author, I have I know my sales and my figures, um, and it's different with different publishers, but we get paid twice a year. Um, every six months and then you get sales figures and how many books you've sold within that six months so I know I've got more some books way more successful than others like the retrieval practice books compared to love to teach and you're right about a marker of success because I think for a lot of people just writing a book that's a huge you know sort of if you manage to get a contract and a publisher then that just publishing a book in itself is really you know something to be proud of but I do think like you said the title uh, my first book love to teach wasn't about the reasons I love to teach it was all teach and learning ideas but the title didn't really sell that then the second title retrieval practice it was simple people google retrieval practice they want to learn about retrieval practice there you go. There's the book. Um, and a few people were not happy that I used that title. Um, but I thought, why not? You know, it, the book is only about retrieval practice. Nobody else has used that title. Nobody has sort of ownership of it, so to speak. Um, and then, yeah, and that book did really, really well. But at that point, I was a little bit more well-known than Love to Teach. I also had yeah. Tom Sherrington writing a forward. And I think sometimes that helps as well. Um, having you know some people who are really influential yeah. get it behind your book and then word of mouth as well you know that can help in the end uh, you know if a book is good then people recommend it to each other and and the Amazon reviews and so on so I sort of feel like I do have an understanding I don't think love to teach flopped but it definitely didn't do as well as other books and I know my retrieval practice primary book will be popular and I only say that because so many teachers have asked me to write it um whereas other books I'm writing I don't know how they'll be received so but I also think as well it's the individual you know anything now Tom Sherrington's so well established his books are so popular I think anything he publishes now will just be will do well you know, so those comes down to the person. I don't know, though. You know, I mean, so you you think that once there's an established base on 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 I don't know on social media or on on a, there's a catalogue of books prior or whatever, you think that it makes well, success more likely. You think that guarantees a certain amount. It's easier. Of success? I think it's easier. But I yeah. mean, I felt really embarrassed when I interviewed John Hattie on it on Teachers Talk Radio. And I had his books in front of me. And I said, oh, I've got you five books. And these were the five books I was aware of. He said, Kate, I wrote 40. And I was like, what? Uh, so even though he's really big and influential, he's written and published books I have never heard of or not seen. So it doesn't always, I'm not saying that they weren't, but they weren't as successful as his main visible learning one that sold over a million copies. So it doesn't always replicate. Um, and I think Daisy Christodoulou is brilliant. And I don't know how many copies of her books have sold, but I think her first book, Seven Myths, I do think that was a game changer that elevated her profile. But I still think um, if you think about Daisy Christodoulou's book, she's written other books since then, but I think that's the book that she's most associated with, her first one. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it is really interesting. And then I don't know why some of them... Like I said, you don't see them on social media. They have well, a little let's bit. Talk, let's talk about content. I mean, why do you what what for you if 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 you see a book, 
on the mm-hmm. shelf or on Amazon or whatever. What are the, um, in the education domain, what are the things that make you want to pick it up? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm a bit different because I'm really interested in the cognitive science. So I'm trying to read pretty much every book that I can about cognitive science, whereas I suppose um, you, you're you more likely, like um, Sam Strickland said, he's publishing a behaviour book. That would appeal more to you than me, I think, wouldn't it? So I think it's about what our areas of interest are or perhaps our areas of weakness. Like I probably... Mm. Sure, I know, I've got Tom Bennett's behavior book, but I don't have many books on behavior or pastoral. Like I've tended to focus on teaching and learning. The only thing I do think we're at the point of now is a lot of repetition, a lot of things that have already been said many times before. Um, so I do think we're looking at something, something a bit new and a bit different. What do you think? <sighs> Yeah, I, I mean, I've said to you before that I think it's about being unique, isn't it? Trying to be, trying to be yeah. unique, but I think that's very difficult. I think there's a huge number of books being published, and it's, it's almost well, I don't know if it's impossible. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult to be unique and original um, with anything these days, and it's because of how many books have now been published. I mean, if you even go back ten years ago, probably a small shred of um teaching books have been published compared to today i mean there must have been a huge acceleration due to publishing new publishers who 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 tend to publish a lot of stuff um and therefore that the market is much more full than it was before now that that is obviously overall in my opinion a good thing but equally it does mean that to break through into that marketplace your 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 idea really does need to need to capture the the market so to speak Oh, yeah. I mean, like how much has changed? I, you know, obviously before the internet and you know, you must have gone to a shop. And as we've said, there's hardly any teaching books in shops. And now, obviously, there's loads of books, loads of choice. You can get it on Amazon. Um, there's also styles of writing as well. Like there's there's some people who I've read their blogs and I thought, oh, if they wrote a book, I would read it. Or there's other people that I haven't quite liked this style it's not for me um and I've just thought no I'm not I'm not going to get that book so or maybe it could come down to the person as well oh I really like that person um you know I like to follow them the same you know where people do that who follow us you know they like my tweets about teaching and learning so therefore they think oh right well I like what she posts so uh, I'll buy her book and they go hand in hand. Like some people have asked me, you know, how how have you got your books to be successful? And I have self-promoted a lot. And I think yeah. authors have to do that as yeah. sort of cringy and as difficult as it is. And I've not just limited it to Twitter. I'm on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, LinkedIn. Whenever I go to events, you know, I go to events and people aren't on social media there. So I, I then say, right, here's these books I've written if you want to find out more. And as an author, you've just you've got to do that. But, but also, you, you, the, 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 um, I mean, the Retrieval series has been remarkably successful. And mm-hmm. surely 
some of that has to come down to retrieval practice. I mean, yeah. it was a, it oh, was a topic oh, that was, yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. It, so it's, it's one of the key priorities for huge yeah. numbers of schools. Yeah. And, and therefore, if someone was to self-promote or to go on LinkedIn or Instagram with their book and it wasn't on a topic, I mean, I just think the topic is key. I think all yeah. those other things are helpful. I agree, yeah. But actually, it comes down to the topic. You can have someone who probably would be off not off social media, but you know what I mean, not not involved in, in any kind of promotion, but they publish a book that is just wildly unique and different and original, and it would probably sell. Um, I mean, if it was well written, you know. Um, so um, it, it, I think you need that topic um, and you need that. And obviously you need to, I mean, authors have to work hard. They have to be able to be consistent and focus and and be able to produce the, to produce the content. Like that's not easy. Like it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'll write a book. But actually, when it comes down to it, it's not an easy process. Like, you've got to be, like, you know this better than anyone. You've got to be, like, really committed. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to be able to formulate your ideas. You've got to make it accessible to teachers. There's a lot of different things. The topic for me is if you were to rank all the different things, the topic would be number one. But then, obviously, there's a lot of other things then to follow well, on from that. Well, the audience, I mean, um, Adam Box has done really well teaching secondary science. And I know some non-science teachers have read it, but, you know, he always must have known, well, my audience is sort of, there's a huge audience of science teachers, but then other books he might have written or others have written, like my retrieval practice, for example, was, wasn't limited. If I'd have written a book for history teachers, I've massively narrowed down my audience then. not But we absolutely should have books that are subject specialists but in comparison to books, like walkthroughs that are for teachers from primary, secondary, teach anywhere around the world, then you're opening up a huge audience. So it depends, you know, it depends. If you write that book for, you know, a subject or a year group, or, you know, if you write a book just about sixth form, you're narrowing your audience, but, you know, we still need those types of books. So, it, yeah, it is. There's loads of variables. It's really complicated. Be interested to get, we should get someone from Jog Cat and Crown House and see what they're, you know, they must be able to have to suss out what they think will be a, a good book and what could be a bestseller and and what the reasons that they do select books because they do turn down books as well. So, yeah, it's yeah. it is interesting and probably a topic to return to at some point. So anyway, we've run out of time. Um, thanks very much, Kate. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We've had loads of people listening in today and, and engaging. So thanks to everyone. And um, this will be available as a podcast. If you are listening back to this as a podcast, you're welcome. And thanks for joining us. And we will see you very soon on Teachers Talk Radio, where we have other shows coming up today, actually, I should mention. We've got Joe Hammond at 1 o'clock. We've got uh, Miss Saeed at 8 p.m. tonight on The Late Show. And then we've got a whole schedule of shows this week. So every single day you've got you've got shows to tune into. So make sure you do and catch up on the website, ttradio.org forward slash listen back. And you can listen back to any show that you want on there. We will see you soon. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.